Chapter 16 A History of California, the Spanish Period. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Jose de Galvez. The coming of Jose de Galvez as Visitador General of New Spain marks a turning point in the history of northwestward advance. In him had appeared the long needed, forceful, energetic man who was able to overcome obstacles in the way of conquest and extend the frontiers to the north. Footnote. The visitador, or visitor, was one of the most typical of Spanish administrative agencies. The visita, or visit, is defined by Joaquin Escriche, a leading authority on Spanish law, as follows. Quote, the act of jurisdiction through which some superior informs himself of the proceedings of ministers of lower rank or of subjects or of the state of affairs in the districts of his jurisdiction going in person to investigate or sending some other to do it in his name the official making the visita was called a visitador or if engaged in a visita of major importance a visitador general the visita was frequently employed in the spanish colonies in military civil and religious affairs and for purposes both great and small no two visitas were exactly alike for every one depended on the particular circumstances which the visita was designed to meet nevertheless all proceeded on much the same lines and the visitador ordinarily superseded all other powers in authority within the jurisdiction of his visita End footnote. To be sure, the primary aims of his visita were financial, with a view to increasing the revenues of the crown, and this caused him to give the larger share of his attention to the already well-settled parts of the viceroyalty. But at no time during the six years of his stay, 1765 to 1771, did he fail to show a most extraordinary interest in the problems having to do with the advance to the Californias and some two years of his time from seventeen sixty eight to seventeen seventy were devoted mainly to those questions true even in these matters he was probably interested chiefly in the possibilities from the standpoint of revenues believing that the wealth of the frontier provinces and the californias could be developed to the advantage of the royal income if peace might be established and an extension of the frontiers obtained Perhaps there was just a shade of something quixotic in his occupation of Alta California in 1769. But if so, his tilting at windmills justified itself in the light of history, for the name of José de Galvez would almost have passed out of memory in the Americas had it not been for the expeditions he sent out to take possession of San Diego and Monterey. Who was this man who now appeared as an outstanding figure in the affairs of the Californias? José de Galvez was an Andalusian Spaniard, possessing many of the lively traits of his native province, together with an energy and ability which had enabled him to rise from obscurity to a position of power and influence. He was born on January 2, 1720, at the village of Machoraviaya, near Vélez Malaga, on the southern coast of Spain. His family was noble and of ancient lineage, being of the rank Hijos Dalgo or Hidalgo. 
but that meant little in a land where the nobility of this grade was numbered by the hundreds of thousands if there were others of lower degree and poor to the verge of poverty the galvez family was at least not well endowed with worldly goods and jose and his brothers were simple country boys without opportunities for education and advancement eking out a living through tending the paternal flocks when jose was only eleven or twelve years old he had the good fortune to attract the attention of the bishop of malaga who took him to malaga to educate him for the priesthood it was this that gave galvez his start in life with the aid of his clerical sponsors he at length became enrolled as a student in the university of salamanca where he began the study of law eschewing the holy calling for which his first patron had wished to educate him from the university he went to madrid to practice law for many years he was inconspicuous but eventually opportunity again knocked at his door apparently as a result of his finding a new and powerful patron his second wife was a frenchwoman and through her galvez became acquainted with the most eminent frenchman in madrid his own knowledge of the french tongue and his grace and facility of expression helped him to retain the friendships he had made and it was thus that he became the legal counsellor of a secretary in the french embassy utilizing his opportunities in this capacity he attracted the notice of the spanish minister of state the marques de grimaldi who employed him as one of his secretaries it was in seventeen sixty five when galvez was in his forty-fifth year that the great chance of his life came to him a visitation of new spain for the purpose of increasing the revenues from that kingdom had been determined upon but there was some difficulty in finding a suitable individual to do the work several appointments were considered or even made but with the death of the most recent appointee in seventeen sixty four the post was still unfilled it was then that the name of galvez was brought forward and on february twentieth seventeen sixty five he was named visitador general of new spain in the month of july of the same year he reached veracruz and soon afterward took up the work of his visitation with his manifold activities in the general affairs of the viceroyalty such as his visitation at veracruz and acapulco his institution of the tobacco monopoly his expedition to guanajuato and the expulsion of the jesuits this volume has no concern at the outset he was handicapped by the opposition of the viceroy cruillas but the latter was superseded in seventeen sixty six by the french descended marques francisco de croix with whom galvez was able to work in entire harmony indeed they were the best of friends and it was galvez rather than croix who must be considered the virtual ruler of new spain during croix's incumbency seventeen sixty six to seventeen seventy one of special concern then is the character of this very human individual to whom the californians owe so much enough has already been said about his ability this had to combine however with certain other traits ordinarily regarded as weaknesses in order to produce the expeditions to alta california just as in later years the same traits served to diminish the value of his work 
from the standpoint of his own times. Galvez had risen from nothing, partly through currying favor, and had developed an insatiable personal ambition and a kind of egotism, which, if it did not express itself in his ordinary daily speech, was always at hand for the purposes of feathering his own nest. He was also capable of malignant vindictiveness against those who opposed him or belittled his achievements. On the other hand, he was amiable in personality and in some respects generous to a fault. His concern for the advancement of his own relatives, townsmen, and personal friends, if indeed it evidenced a certain kindliness and gratitude, was nevertheless of the worst sort of nepotism and not altogether dissociated from what would at the present time be termed graft. It seems likely that Galvez's desire to win personal distinction entered into his plans for conquests in the Californias. He knew from Buriel's noticia of the importance of such conquests, and he also knew that no other region offered him a better opportunity. Therefore, he bent his energies to the accomplishment of this task using methods that savored distinctly of indirection, some instances of which will be given in the course of this in the next chapter, as well as those which were less open to objection. His enterprise was blessed with success, and but for the serious illness of the visitador, it would have been an even more striking achievement than it turned out to be. The expeditions of 1769 made use of the sea route from the mainland to Baja California, and from there in two divisions, by sea again and up the peninsula, to Alta California. Nobody, more than Galvez, knew that this was a departure from the normal line of advance by the overland route through Sonora, but the visitador felt sure of his own measures in Sonora would soon link up the Alta California extremity with that province. Almost from the moment of his arrival in New Spain, Galvez began to give attention to the problems of the far northwest. Largely through his instrumentality, plans were made in the fall of 1765 for an expedition to Sonora to suppress the Indian insurrectionaries there. At his own request, Galvez was entrusted with the task of obtaining money to finance the expedition, for there was nothing in the royal treasury that the government was willing to devote for this purpose. The funds were to be raised by voluntary subscriptions, troops were to be enlisted, and ships were to be built on the Pacific coast to carry the Spanish forces to Sonora. Once the Indians were defeated, the ground was to be held by the founding of a number of settlements, the human material for which was to be drawn from the hopelessly poor or undesirable elements of the cities. Galvez's quarrel with Cruillas delayed fulfillment of these plans, but after Croix's arrival in 1766, they were again taken up. The king, meanwhile, had given a reluctant consent, for he did not share in Galvez's belief in the efficacy of a formal expedition or of the particular kind of colonists it was proposed to send. Nevertheless, a force of 350 men was recruited and placed under the command of Colonel Domingo Elizondo, who might also count on enough more Spanish soldiers and Indian auxiliaries in Sonora to swell his numbers to more than a thousand. In April 1767, Elizondo and his men left Mexico City for Tepic, 
where they were to be quartered until the boats could be gotten ready to take them to sonora not until march seventeen sixty eight did they at length disembark at Wyamus, ready to begin the campaign that the expedition was undertaken at all had been due to galvez for there were few who shared his enthusiasm the visitador however had left no stone unturned to gain his ends a letter by him to governor juan pineda of sonora in the fall of seventeen sixty six shows the trickery he was willing to employ even to deceive his good friend croy after giving some inexpensive flattery to pineda galvez went on to tell of the opposition of his enemies to the project of the sonora expedition and of the need for some counterbalancing arguments to influence the new viceroy's decision continuing galvez said quote, from this information which i give you informally and confidentially you will infer how necessary it is that you impress upon his excellency at once the indispensable need of the expedition and inform him that it is not impossible to conquer the indians once and for all by force if the plan is adopted of sending thither veteran troops you may add anything else which will remove the fear or hesitation which perverse envious persons desire to instill into his excellency's mind through sheer malignity the marquis de croix i repeat to you esteems my discourse above that of all others but as he observes that i am of another profession not military and as he knows that i have not been in that country he may lack confidence in the success of the expedition to which he sees me with the greatest ardor committed hence it is fitting that you in your report to him express yourself as forcefully as you did for the purpose of arousing enthusiasm in me a golila a mere lawyer in this case this will be the easier to do as his instincts are all military no doubt pineda complied with this virtual order galvez's character was such that it might have gone hard with him if he had not for the visitador did not easily forgive those who opposed him at any rate croix supported the expedition more readily than galvez had anticipated and the project was given full and fair trial footnote during his expedition of seventeen sixty seven to guanajuato galvez punished the inhabitants of that region with a ruthless hand for the rebellion they had engaged in but even in this case he did not neglect to employ his usual methods of indirection and self-exculpation it is said that he would pray long hours and would ask the virgin what to do with the rebels at length he would lift his hand for a pen to write down the judgment of the virgin and the sentence was one of death history records few more extreme instances of shifting the burden from one's own shoulders than this in footnote the suppression of indian warfare in sonora was only an incident in the vast program of the visitador who intended to go to sonora himself to put his ideas into execution as soon as elizondo should have triumphed in the military campaign the keynote of his plans was his proposed establishment of a new government independent of the viceroyalty of new spain 
to embrace the frontier provinces of Nueva Vizcaya, Sonora, Sinaloa, and the Californias. Similar plans had frequently been suggested in earlier years, on the ground that the viceroy in Mexico City was too far away to give these distant regions their proper share of attention. The direct ancestors of Galvez's plan were the Sanchez recommendations of 1751 and a proposal of 1760 for a viceroyalty made up of the provinces within the jurisdiction of the Audencia of Guadalajara. The Galvez projects were embodied in four important documents of the year 1768. The visitador maneuvered so as to make it appear that he was agreeing to suggestions made by others, or at least merely sharing in the origination of ideas of which it happened that he heartily approved. In fact, he was the prime mover in all of these matters, as is clearly set forth in the correspondence of the Viceroy. In the case of the Junta of February 25th, which granted wide powers to Galvez, the visitador made a showing of modesty by refraining from casting a vote, but his secretary tells us that he had, in fact, dominated the junta and had dictated its decision three days before it met. The first of the four great documents was the recommendation of the visitador on January 15th for the establishment of a system of intendancies in New Spain designed to increase the profits of the crown. This aimed at the collection of internal revenues by officials called intendants, of whom there were to be eleven. Three of these were to be in the new frontier government in Durango, Sonora, and the Californias. The inclusion of the Californias is the noteworthy feature of the plan, for that territory had figured heretofore only as a drain on the royal estate. Galvez intended that it should be more thoroughly occupied and developed. On January 21st, a junta was called to decide who should head the expedition to the frontier provinces, and it is not surprising that Galvez was selected since he had so determined. He was to wait until the troops had restored peace, and was then to reorganize the government and establish colonies. Two days later, the Galvez plan, signed also by Croix, for a new government of the frontier provinces was ready. As already stated, the Galvez plan provided for a government of the provinces of Nueva Vizcaya, Sinaloa, Sonora, and the Californias, apart from the Viceroyalty. It was to be called a Commandancy General, ruled by a Commandant General, who was to be a Viceroy in all but the social distinction which went with the latter title. It was expected that the plan would restore peace to the frontier, and that then, in a few years, those vast provinces, which were described as undoubtedly richer in mineral products than any that had been discovered in North America, might equal or even surpass those of New Spain. Great emphasis was placed upon the preventative importance of the plan as against the dangers of foreign attack. Attention was called to the opportunity and the keen desire of European powers to establish themselves at Monterey or elsewhere along the coast of the Californias, and the government was reminded of the efforts the French and English had made during two centuries to find a passage to the Pacific from their colonies on the Atlantic. Now that England had taken the colonies of France, said Galvez, 
she would not rest until she had pushed forward her discoveries to the lake of the woods whence a great river flowed westward if this river should prove to be the colorado or should reach the pacific then the english were already near new mexico and not far from the pacific reports had also been published in recent years continued galvez showing that the russians were encroaching upon the california coasts and since anson's voyage the english and the dutch had been acquiring information about spain's ports in the pacific especially those of the californias any one of these three peoples might easily plant a colony in monterey a port with excellent facilities for a settlement thus spain's possessions in the pacific might be invaded and exploited as those of the atlantic from virginia to georgia had been monterey ought to be occupied by spain at once through the despatch of a sea expedition later the commandancy general should extend its frontiers in that direction and set up colonies and other ports the capital of the commandancy general should not be in durango as the plan of seventeen sixty had proposed because that was too far from sonora and farther still from the californias the capital ought to be on the sonora frontier at or near the gila while it was being established the government should set up at caborca the nearest settlement to the californias or at the junction of the gila and colorado rivers the emphasis on conquering the californias it is to be noted was one of the principal factors in the galvez plan clearly too the visitador intended to make sonora the province upon which the new conquest should depend though as a temporary expedient a sea expedition was to occupy monterey on february twenty fifth a junta was again called to authorize the plans galvez had made for his visit to the frontier among the provisions of the decision of the junta which confirmed verbatim all that galvez had asked were the following galvez was to act not only in his capacity of visitador but also with the authority of the viceroy he was to found a number of frontier settlements with armed colonists among these was to be the future capital of the commandancy general on the sonora frontier midway between the californias and nueva vizcaya and free commerce between sonora and the californias was to be permitted every one of these important documents received the sanction of the king the commandancy general was not actually established until seventeen seventy six and the system of intendancies was postponed until seventeen eighty six but they formed the basis of spanish action from the time of their enactment onward the commandancy general would very likely have been put into effect in seventeen sixty nine or seventeen seventy if affairs in sonora had gone to the visitador's liking and if he had maintained his health during his visit there in the meantime however he had planned to wait before going to sonora until elizondo's expedition should have triumphed over the indians not understanding the difficulties of frontier warfare he expected victory would be quickly obtained and he left mexico city on april ninth seventeen sixty eight intending to make his way to the frontier and taking with him a number of persons who were to settle there before going to sonora he proposed to found a department at the port of san blas and pay a visit to baja california 
these activities proved in fact to be preliminary to the great expeditions to alta california of seventeen sixty nine which merit separate treatment footnote the principal authority for the material in this chapter is priestly herbert ingram jose de galvez visitor general of new spain seventeen sixty five to seventeen seventy one berkeley california nineteen sixteen in university of california publications in history volume five end of footnote end of chapter sixteen